Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and for today, my wonderful, amazing co-host, Matthew. Matt, how are you going this morning? I'm doing very, very well on this crispy, cool morning. Ah, yeah, that's right. It is. It's nice and crispy and cool here in Curry Curry, Australia, where we are currently broadcasting from. But despite that, hey, we're in the studio this morning. We're, we're getting it done. We're, we're here ready to share the gospel, talk about all things good and godly and, and positive. And we can get warm by pressing together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I would like to think in, in some kind of symbolic sense. Uh, yes. yeah, you know, of, oh, you know, so a, a uh, it's some kind of sense of your brotherhood, brotherhood. Uh, r- rather, than, rather than physically. Hey, how has your weekend? Very, very busy. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been doing things that people would usually associate with spring cleaning. No, no. Yeah, sure. Uh, decluttering the garage. Classic. So I've used that in the sermon once, talking about how we ought to also declutter our lives. <laughs> our <laughs> hearts, well. yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, wait, sounds like a good weekend. We've also got Peter in here this morning getting it done on the desk as Danuta and Shell are currently away attending ministers' meetings and, and, and whatnot. But, yeah, we're in the Breakfast Show studio this morning living our best lives. And, hey, i, I got to say I am incredibly grateful for an amazing weekend in which there, you know, had church uh, on Saturday, which was powerful. But then on Saturday evening at my church at the Avenue, University Church there. They had a performance of Handel's Messiah, which for those who don't know, you probably know the famous line, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, you know, God, the omnipotent reigneth. Uh, the, the amazing, amazing, amazing uh, opera that was that was performed there. And it, oh, this is just the best. That's interesting, Matthew. We are in the studio this morning, like actually really cold. We have a top of 31 here today in Newcastle. Wait, are we just in the wrong location? I, I think I don't know. Like we've we've driven into a, a pit of coldness for some reason this morning, but it's going to be very warm today. We're going to have some amazing stories. In- You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on. Faith. You are listening to the Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM, and we are going to have our next, well, our first actually question for the quiz. This week, Matthew, if you can get that for us, our first question for the quiz for this week. Most gladly. So, <clears throat> what instrument did David play? Wow. very Quite a simple one there. What instrument did David play? If you know the answer to that one, what's the number that they can contact us on? It's 0491-064-669. Yeah, absolutely. 0491-064-669. What instrument did David play? We have... An amazing, amazing prize for this week. One that actually gets me quite excited to see, which is it's called Unveiling the Kings of Israel, Revealing the Bible's Archaeological History, I should say. I've got to say, well, for myself and Matthew, we are both theology students down there at Avondale University. And, like, I I don't know about you, Matthew, but some of my favorite, favorite classes ever, 
ever are the ones that are on like Old Testament. Oh, uh, you know, covering whether it's Torah or Hebrew prophets or or even even when we we studied Hebrew, when we we learnt Hebrew, we learn all the Hebrew words and whatnot and and the, the Hebrew language. Digging into the history of the Old Testament Israel and and what was happening and and going on there and the context it gives us to which Jesus was born into. Like, I find it incredibly fascinating. And that's what this... Well, not only is it incredibly fascinating, but it's full of just blockbuster, amazing stories. Beautiful. Right? Of of God working, of of righteousness, of sin, of turmoil and sadness, of war, of conquest, redemption and forgiveness. Like these, these, these stories are incredible, but this is like more specifically, this book is looking at, you know, unveiling the Kings of Israel, looking at that historical side and giving that historical background to those stories and the archaeology and everything taking place there. So again, that number 0491-064-669. That's the number to text. If you know which instrument David played, and of course, if you know the answer to that question, you answer it correctly, that will be a chance that you'll have in the draw, where we'll draw this book at the end of the week. We'll spit our wheel, and if it lands on your name, you'll win it. The more answers you get in, the more correct answers you get in, the more chances you have to win. But again, give us a text, 0491-064-669. All right, Big Matthew, hey. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, I looked up two stories recently, and Oof. it's pretty, pretty cool, especially yeah. if you love nature and trees, as mm-hmm. I do, and I know you do too, Lawson. Yeah. The title I have here is Red Maple Trees Line English Road to Honour 418 Canadian Soldiers who died defending freedom overseas. Wow, okay, okay. I lo- Okay, there's a few things that I absolutely love about this this story. Firstly, um, commemoration of, of those who valiantly fought in war. Secondly, maple trees, beautiful. But give us a rundown. How, do, how does this story come about? So basically, it talks about these photos of these autumnal red maple trees. Now, it used to be just line of wall green sycamore trees, but now you have these maple, these red maple trees that line the side of this main highway called the mm-hmm. A Free in Hampshire. In uh, it says England, but it's actually uh, over, over there. It's put in Canada's national tree park. Mm. So they were planted near a place called Lip Hook, mm-hmm. and it's to commemorate, as you just rightfully shared, the lives of the 418 Canadian servicemen oh, who wow. trained locally and who were stationed at Bramshot in five temporary army corps established by the Canadian Army on mm. each side of the A3. Mm. Now, it's, apparently it's associated with five military camps named for the five great lakes there in Canada. Yeah. And there's also a large hospital that cares for the sick and wounded soldiers, especially in preparation for and in the aftermath of D-Day, which we know that happened over there mm-hmm. um, during World War II under Hitler. And it's helped the Allied forces win, actually, that World War too. Yeah. Now, now, what I find interesting is we have a similar commemoration to soldiers. We call it the Light Horse Interchange. Yeah, down yeah. Down there at Western Sydney. And just going back on this story, this is how significant this particular trees are. It says, each tree is twined with a soldier's grave. Those who lost their lives mm. in World War I are buried in Bramshot Churchyard at, and the St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Grayshot. Mm. Now, these soldiers who died in World War II were laid to rest at Brookwood Military Cemetery in Surrey. So there's a lot more to say on the article, but I just wanted to relate some things to this personally. I have mm. my grandfather who was in um, the Korean War mm-hmm. as well as the Vietnam War. 
Mm-hmm. And I also have my my uh, father, who was in the New Zealand um, Army. Yeah. And he fought in the war as well. So yeah, wow, awesome. God remembers also his saints that fight the spiritual war. There's a verse in Revelation 6, verse 9 that says, And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain, for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Revelation 6 mm. verse 9. Yeah, well, we also see there, my, my mind goes to Revelation chapter 20 and it's, you know, talking about the, the reigning during the millennium and the, and the judgment that takes place. And it says, you know, those were judging those who had been beheaded for their witness of, of Christ. And of course as well, maybe I was thinking about covering this potentially tomorrow as it, tomorrow is the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation's beginning, October 35th, or not the 500th, that, that happened in 2017, uh, but over 500 years ago now, uh, the, the Protestant Reformation happened in 2017, uh, sorry, in 1517, yeah. I should say, um, and we, we see there the, you know, the amazing feats that man achieved standing for God's word and God's truth, as well as, you know, seeing that they... A lot of them, a lot of the reformers, losing their lives for the stand that they took for the truth, and again, that stand for for truth or for peace or whatever it may be. Particularly if we look at World War Two, a, a world war that for Australia's involvement, which my, my grandfather was in, involved in World War Two, he was a uh, he was a double diamond commando. He was over there in uh, PNG, Kokoda Trail, I believe, uh, as well as I believe it was Borneo as well, fighting you know for Australia and, and defending Australia against Japanese invasion and whatnot. Like I, I look to that and I say, well, you know, wow, like it's it's an amazing amazing circumstance in which these people under great pressure and whatnot stood for stood you know for for peace and and thankfully like we live in the country that we do today because of because of that stand and for these canadian soldiers as well uh, it's amazing amazing to see and you know highlighting d-day as well like the the very uh the very military operation that secured the allies the victory we could say the turning point in in world war Two. so ama- amazing stuff there absolutely so you know we thank them for our freedom as you said our mm. peace and we have a, a saying there in the United States, they say, thank you for your service. Yeah, and absolutely. And what more can we thank God for his service when he sent Jesus Yes, oh, of course. Powerful stuff there. And I've got a second story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a man who lost his wedding ring. and it's, I've got Oh, wow. Man's wedding ring lost in ocean is found. So he dives 1,600 huh? He drives, sorry, not dives, 1,600 miles to thank uh, the humble metal detectorist in person. So Classic. a person found it for them. A metal detectorist was reunited with a man and his diamond ring after it was uncovered on a sandy beach. This mm. lady named Stephanie Seagun, she, she lost the ring while swimming on a trip to oh. St. Augustine in Florida. Mm. And the 40-year-old saw the um, detectorist, Joseph Cook, out searching the sands and asked mm-hmm. him to keep an eye, an eye out for the ring. So basically, mm. um, he's found this ring, he's returned it, and she's just got these statements about how she felt when she found that ring. She goes, when I lost the ring in the sea... Because I felt like falling in a dream. That's what Miss Stephanie said. And she's from Tinsmith in Quebec City in Canada. She said, she said, we spent every day looking and then we eventually saw Joseph, this man on the beach. And I said, um, you know, I'm not going to tell him where it is as I know he'll look for it and he might keep it. But she went up to him and told him that if he finds it, hope, she hopes that he could return it. Mm. And they didn't know. You know, Little did they know that Joseph did return that diamond ring and it was worth forty thousand dollars 
Mm. It's quite amazing. That is that is an incredible ring. Forty thousand dollars. Yes, and I, I I can relate to that. You know, I've lost something precious. My son, I lost him in the shops. Oh, <laughs> uh, me and my wife were walking the main shopping center. He loves lights. And lo and behold, we went to the information centre to try and find him. The security guards said we found him in the arcade centre. Classic. And uh, Classic charge children likes. activities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus, he has a verse um, about us. He says, you know, what, what man of you having a hundred sheep? If he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and goes after the one which was lost. And he mm-hmm. says about them, he gathers their neighbours together and he calls them and he says, saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my lost sheep. It was lost, but now it's found. And that's Luke 15, 4 to 6. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And we are going to have our next quiz question, if you can get that for us, Matthew. Indeed. It is. Finish this verse from First Thessalonians. It says, pray without and blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you know the answer to that one... Pray without blank, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text our prize for this week. The amazing unveiling the kings of Israel, revealing the Bible's archaeological history, I should say. This book, we want to give it to you absolutely for free. But the way to be able to obtain it is to go into the draw, which will be drawn on Friday. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. The more answers, the more correct answers that you get in, the more chances that you have in the draw. Do you want to read that quiz question for us one more time? Love to. It is. Finish this verse from First Thessalonians. Pray without blank. Mm, absolutely. 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and I was thinking about what news I was going to talk about, you know, what has been unfolding, and we are just in a current onslaught of news and, and information about particularly what's happening in the Middle East at the moment, what's happening economically in the United States at the moment, uh, just things I've even the story that we covered last Friday about the wild gunman uh, in Maine, you know, that story came to a conclusion that they've ultimately, you know, he, they've found him with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It's just massively tragic and a lot of those stories well in our next segment we're going to have judge justin lawman talking about politics and prophecy and throughout the week potentially as things unfold we will bring them up as well because it's yeah they're incredibly pressing stories about pressing news matters but i wanted to talk about one story that has unfolded over the weekend that has kind of shocked me. Like, initially it wasn't shocking, but has brought me to a place where, like, like my, my interest in this story just peaked exponentially when I started to hear some, some details around this person's life. And I think there is, despite the story being quite tragic, there is some beautiful details to be seen here. And that is particularly and specifically the story of, well, the passing of Matthew Perry. Now, for those who don't know, Matthew Perry is one of the most iconic actors, television show actors of our time. Yeah, he he, he portrayed Chandler Bing on Friends, which is, you know, just an absolutely iconic role. Friends ended in 2004. I was born in 98. So I was born in the middle of Friends running. It was 1994 to 2004. Um, And the show is, is, is lastingly 
iconic, you know. And for Matthew Perry and the rest of the cast members, they were making by the end of Friends Run, I think it was what, like one point five million dollars per episode. He's worth one hundred and twenty million dollars before his passing. This show is, yeah. So famous, so so famous to the point where, like, there was a huge rights battle for it, you know, about which streaming service would have the rights to stream Friends exclusively, whether it was, you know, Netflix or, or Stan or whatever it may be. Again, a show that had concluded, like, at the time that this rights battle was happening, like 15 years prior or so. And and they were paying, I think, like $100 million per year just to have the rights to this television show. Like, it's massive. You know, this guy, Matthew Perry's character, Chandler Bing, just iconic, you know, and and ubiquitous with 1990s and early 2000s Western culture. And unfortunately, over the weekend, he passed away. The story is simply that he was found in his hot tub. Uh, like, in, you know, he has a, a hot tub sauna set up there. He had gone out and exercised in the morning. He was then found in his hot tub you know, unresponsive, having drowned, which is incredibly unfortunate. And the, 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 the theory that they've come up with, because he is actually his assistant was told to go out and run an errand for him. And then when the assistant came back, found him in that state. And the story that they've essentially come up with is that he suffered some kind of cardiac arrest. Now that cardiac arrest was not completely out of the question or the picture given his, prolific history uh, with drug use and and drug abuse and essentially the story goes like this is that this guy um matthew perry i think it was 1997 you know by this point friends is popping off he's you know famous and rich and all these things has a jet ski crash and got prescribed um you know oxycodone you know for 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 the surgeries and whatnot that uh, happened to his neck and was basically became hooked on prescription medication and from there started to abuse it for years and years and years and years and years to the point where like there was claims that he made, you know, on, on 60 minutes and whatnot that he didn't remember entire the, the filming of entire seasons of friends because he was just so like messed up, you know, struggling with, with drugs at the time. And he then, you know, you, you actually see throughout his story. I'm going to read a little bit of bit of it before I before I get into it. His story, he goes down a downward spiral until he finds some kind of victory over his drug abuse problem. Now, I want to get into the victory because there's a really cool, um, I, I think, piece of you know, piece, a really cool story here that we can learn from. But before we get into that story, like it took the, his drug addiction got to the point where, you know, and this is around 2018, 2019. So after, what is that? Like 20 years of hard prescription drug and substance abuse, which by the way, you know, when he recounts his life in his memoir, started all the way back when he was 14. He started drinking because of the difficulties that he had with abandonment and his parents' divorce and whatnot. Now come to his, you know, his late 40s and early 50s. And there's these stories of him being in a rehab in Switzerland. This is 2018, 2019. And he's in a rehab and then he fakes pain in his ribs so that he can get prescribed more, you know, painkiller medication and whatnot. And, and, you know, then trying to leave the rehab and fly back to Los Angeles on a private jet so he can see a doctor there that can give him more prescription drugs to feed his addiction. Like just really, really hectic stuff going on in Matthew Perry's life. And 
you read this and it's like, man, I, it, like it, it, it really seems like the woes of fame mm. ultimately and, and what a lot of, you know, actors and, and what we can either see from the outside or what's shared from the inside of that the fame doesn't really buy them fulfillment. It doesn't really fulfill their needs to feel who they are. And really the chasing for fame causes them to ultimately lose them, lose themselves and go through these really difficult experiences. But then, in, again, in Matthew Perry's memoir, which was released in 2022, he opens up about his overcoming of addiction, which took place in around 2020. And he writes this. It, this, this is amazing. He said, God, please help me. Show me that you're here, God. Please help me. Please help me overcome. This is the cry that he makes. Then he follows this up. This is, this is from, this is an excerpt from his book. He says, I started to cry. I mean, I really started to cry. That shoulder shaking kind of uncontrollable weeping. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt actually safe. I felt like there was someone with me who was here to take care of me. Decades of struggling with God and wrestling with life and sadness, always being washed away like a river of pain into oblivion. I had been in the presence of God. I was certain of it. And this time I had prayed for the right thing. I had prayed for help. I look back and I see it as 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 a dumb prayer, as, as a prayer that a kind of uh, uh, a young person would make. But it was exactly what I had needed—a call out to God that He would show me who He was and that He could actually help me with what I was going through. This is this is powerful. Like for, for maybe maybe like maybe you're you're not seeing the powerfulness of this prayer, but really I see this as we we read this story, this parable that Jesus gives, and it's the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. And there's the Pharisee who goes into the temple and portrays himself as as some great person and says, you know, God, praise God that I'm not like these sinners. Versus the publican, versus the tax collector who comes before God, who doesn't even look up to heaven because of his shame, but says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. At this point, Matthew Perry, $120 million net worth, um, is, is, you know, looking up to, looking up to heaven, essentially, or, or, or not even looking up to heaven, but, you know, in his struggles with addiction and in his, str- he, he recognizes before God, he says, God, I am a sinner. Like, I have fallen short. I have no ability to help myself through this, God. You need to help me. And and he says here, as he recounts, God responds. He feels the presence of God in his life. And again, this was directly preceding. We're talking about 2020, 2021, in, in which this situation happened. After this, he achieved sobriety. And we know throughout, you know, at this point and, and what they've even seen from the autopsy and the sweep of the house at his death. There was no drugs in the house. There was no drugs in his system in his autopsy. Like, he actually a- was able to achieve sobriety because of his ultimate calling out to God. Recon- and again, as as a famous actor, as someone who, you know, again, for, from the perspective of the religious or the pious, like, oh man, you know, he didn't really live a life, maybe you could say, seeking after or, or serving God. But at this point in his life, as as an older person, past his peak, past his prime, he says, God, like, 
I can't do anything to help myself here. Wow. Over the real struggle, over the real struggle of the soul, like addiction. Not It's not that he's broke. It's not that he's, you know, oh, God, I, I just, you know, need you to make me rich or whatever it may be. It's like, no, God, like my life is falling apart from the inside out. Like I, I can't overcome my addiction. God, help me. And God responds. Like, this is a beautiful story, and beautiful. and this is the I guess, I guess the thing that we can remember Matthew Perry as again. Yeah, he's an actor on Friends, famous actor, rich, all these things. Unfortunate, untimely death, but I think amazingly here we can remember him as someone who who in his last days seeked after God. Like this this is an amazing amazing story. You found peace and freedom. That's right. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM positively different you are listening to the breakfast show here on faith fm and matthew give yeah. us another question for the quiz gladly subs so bringing that up and yeah there. absolutely Next question so mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. how many days and nights did Jesus fast? Oh, okay not a simple one here this morning very simple how many days and nights them both did Jesus fast yeah absolutely hey if you know the answer to that one uh, number 0491-064-669 that is the number to text if you text that number with the correct answer go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week unveiling the kings of Israel a kind of archaeological report you know revealing the Bible's archaeological history this is an amazing amazing book that you guys should absolutely try and get because I think it is our responsibility to know the Bible, to know what's happening in the Bible, to know the information about the Bible, the surrounding information about the Bible, to be able to give a reason in and out of season as to, you know, why it is that we have faith. And so, hey, 0491-064-669. Do you want to read that question for us just one more time? Gladly. And it says here, how many days and nights did Jesus fast? Mm. Know the answer to that one? 0491-064-669. On the phone this morning for our interview regarding all things, politics and prophecy. We've got Justin Lawman. Justin, are you there with us? Hi, Lawson. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah. I'm killing it this morning. Like, I'm, are you? you mate, I'm glad to hear your voice. You know, glad to talk all things politics and prophecy as it's just going off, you know, at the it moment. It is going off, It is there wow. from all fronts. Wow. I, I said just earlier in the show before my before my news segment, in the last segment, I was like, man, there is just an onslaught of things to talk about. And but I was, I, but I furthermore, I said, hey, we're going to have Justin Lawman on here to to cover some of those things. So what what are we going to be talking about this morning? Oh, <laughs> you just. Close your eyes and throw the dart. We Absolutely. could uh, land it anywhere. There's just so much. You know that inflation in Pakistan is 31%. 31%. In Pakistan today. Like, uh, just throw the dart. Uh, hit Europe, hit America, hit anywhere. There's crazy, crazy time. You, you can sense... Things are building up. Mm. Uh, something's going to break here badly. And, of course, the the epicentre is the Middle East at the moment. Um, it's the implications of what happens in this uh, war. I'm calling it a war uh, between Israel and uh, Gaza. Well, you know, 
that's going to be big. I should add, we spoke last week about the Speaker of the House, so that's done and dusted now. Mm. Yeah, and they the, they selected them. The Trump side, the populist side, have come out on top, which um, mm. that's my take on things, and this is just my opinion. That's who's ascendant in the U.S., and um, I think that's of great significance for how Revelation 13 works out. Mm. But the Middle East is probably what we should talk about. Yeah, it's just constant news, and it's interesting as well to see from each one of the news sites. You don't have a news site that is telling the same story, essentially, or highlighting the same things from one side. It's, oh, Israelis are sending more troops in. From the other side, it's, oh, they're calling for a ceasefire. From the other side, it's it's this. From the other side, it's that. It's, what, what, you know, where can we even look to have a, a full view or a full, full picture yeah. of what's really taking and place who, there? And who really knows? I don't know. But what I'm observing, I can... The, the thing, I think Israel set its face now. They, they're not going to turn... They, uh, it looks to me as if they're going to push uh, Gaza into Egypt. And um, time's going to tell. But they've been, there's been such uh, incredible threats coming from the two nations that you'd really be concerned about mm. is Iran, as we've spoken about before. Mm. They, they are the arch enemy to Israel, the Persians, mm. and and. Not not all the Persian people, but the the leadership group in Tehran are, let's say they're fairly extreme. Mm. Um, those guys and and Turkey, uh, Erdogan in Turkey is not an extremist like that, but he has come out with some very strong statements, and he can put a million troops on the ground. Mm. Uh, they have a serious air force. They have serious weapons. As Iran does too. So uh, America's just moved one of its aircraft carriers. It's going through, uh, you know, the Red Sea area up into the the Gulf off off Iran. Uh, mm. They would have nuclear subs parked out off there. Um, Israel has nuclear subs. Mm. They are an insurance policy because if something happens to Israel because the nations around Israel, if they band together, that's something that Israel would have a hard time defending against. And yes. um, they're threatening it. And now they said, if you go into Gaza, that we're going to get involved. And here they are, they've gone in. And they're starting in northern Gaza and pushing south. Uh, the Americans had a uh, altercation with uh, a group that is not Iran, but it's certainly a breakaway or backed by them. Uh, they bombed them with F-16s on Thursday uh, because uh, 21 American troops had been injured in the missile attacks on their bases. So mm. there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the Gaza Strip that is very, very concerning because um, it would... It would throw the world into a third world war. Yeah, when you hear stuff like missiles hitting American, you know, military bases, the, <laughs> the usually the case for Americans is you know we don't we don't negotiate with terrorists, and and for my mind the 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 step there that they'll take from repeated bombing is just to 
to invade themselves or to, you know, to, to start playing the game themselves and participating in this war. And once America participates in a war like this, who, who isn't going to participate? Yeah, it, it's the thing that's so worrying is its potential to go. Uh, America's got 450,000 troops currently. Mm-hmm. Their army is, is wound right down quite small. Mm-hmm. And they've more gone into the specialized stuff. Mm-hmm. So they they couldn't, you know, land enough troops on the ground there in the Middle East to do anything. Mm-hmm. We hope that none of this happens. We're really praying that for sure. peace. There are good people, uh, followers of Christ on both sides of mm-hmm. this and and we don't want it to happen. But I tell you what, it it seems to me because Biden has so many problems back in the U.S. His opinion poll, even from, you know, a different opinion poll, some are law bias and others. One's from his side are saying he's to 37% support. Wow. Uh, Trump's nearly 60%. Wow. Um, no matter what they're throwing at Trump, no matter how many cases they're bringing against him, he gets more popular. Yeah. His his mugshot was like the the just a, an absolute um, explosion of popularity came out gift. of that. It was it was an absolute gift. <laughs> yeah, as a as a response to his mugshot, all of a sudden Trump was seen as as disenfranchised and and attacked and persecuted and 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 obviously yeah this isn't this isn't uh, working out well for Biden in that case. But the step here, and I think what you're inferring to Justin is usually there is support for the leaders who go to war. That's what they would be. Look, that's what they'd normally be working on. And that makes me very nervous Mm. that that they are in such trouble domestically. Now it's November of 24, the next presidential election. Mm. So we're, we're a year away nearly exactly a year away. But I tell you what, I don't believe for a moment Biden will be the guy that goes against Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to change him out if they want to stand any sort of chance mm-hmm. of winning this. How they're going to do that, with whom they're going to do that, they have all these players there in the background. This will be such a important election yeah. in the history of that country and the direction of the world. Yeah, there's huge questions in my mind because I like in, here in Australia, it's quite easily to do easy to do something like that. We just have a leadership spill and you know written into our parliament is that oh yep, yeah, you can just change the leader, but. In, in the American system, how can they just can, – can they just go, oh, we're, we're just going to suggest someone else to run? Is that how it works? Or there, There's a few people that are in the background that they're the, – the biggest one is the, uh, Gavin Newsom from California. He's the governor of California currently. Mm. Wrecked California. I used to live in California. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you <laughs> like Gavin Newsom, but he has destroyed the joint and mm. – he seems to be their best guy. Wow. Uh, a lot of people talk about Michelle Obama mm-hmm. um, as a possible one because wow. it, it, it seems pretty clear to me. And I, again, these are my opinions. This is not Faith FM's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but Obama seems to be very much in the background still uh, with sure. Biden. 
Sure. He, he's, he never left Washington. Every other president has left once they've lost or finished. He did his two terms. He stayed in Washington. And most of his key people have come into Biden's uh, cabinet. So he's in the background there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin Newsom and these guys represent a completely different wing. The vice president would be normally Kamala Harris would be the the lady that would step into the breach, mm-hmm. but she's less popular than Biden. Yeah, yeah, she can't take a trick, that lady. Um, so they are, got themselves in a jam. Mm. And is Trump going to get through to there? Because they're throwing the kitchen sink at this guy, mm. and they can't stop him. Mm. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, rumour and talk about what will be the next step they take to stop him, mm. but they determined to stop him. So um, a couple of months ago, Tucker Carlson, who famously lost his job on Fox News, he was the most popular news presenter in the US on cable anyway, mm. he he has said there'll be a war before the next election wow. because that's the only way that the existing powers can hang on to power. Mm. That's what's so worrying about the current conflict is there's a bit of a a taste for this on both sides. Mm. Yeah, Um, and a a taste for conflict that, again, this isn't World War II, this isn't being motivated by keeping the West free or stopping fascism or whatever it may be. It seems to be motivated by getting votes is, is just evil. Like it's it's evil, it's unconstitutional, and it is just like we're looking at a situation here in which lives will be shed over meaningless reasons. And I think once you know the 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 leaders of the U.S. once they cross that that boundary, then then what stops them wielding that kind of power to uh, enable other kinds of you know, authoritarianism or to wield other kinds of, you know, uh, opinions or, or standards that should be enforced. Um, and they'll do so then by just inciting war yeah. or whatever it may be. And th- and that, look, th- there's a reason that people fight, uh, mm. usually human nature, if we go right sure. down to the, what happened to the Israelis was utterly evil. Now, if you were in Gaza with some little kids right now, mm-hmm. That's utterly evil to be experiencing that. Mm. And you can see why that you can see why people can justify going to war. Sure. Uh, there is always a line that you say you can't cross this. And that's the worry that now something dramatic is going to happen to Israel and America won't have a choice. Yeah. And in the background, just to make things a little more complex, because Russia's backing. Iran very heavily. Ukraine's over, in my opinion. There's no more money now. Yeah. They're going to sink the money into the Middle East. So that that's done. And mm. and how Russia settles all that up will remain to be seen. But um, it's been just um, a complete annihilation of a perfectly good country. Mm. China uh, is in lots of economic problems, mm. massive, with a declining population with incredible debt, and they are spending more than they ever have currently on military, you know, building ships and everything, they're going to take Taiwan. And if it goes wider in the Middle East, 
this will be China's opportunity because America will be so distracted. That's going to make things even more complex. Mm. So we've, in my lifetime, um, it's sad to hear about the friends guy who's uh, passed away overnight. He's yeah. he's my age, fifty four. Yeah. So in my lifetime, I've never seen the world with such. Um, we're rolling into something here, and it doesn't seem to be able to be stopped. And this is um, an indication to those that believe the scriptures. Mm. that we are living at the end of Earth's history and the dramatic things that were to take place right at the end of Scripture, um, particularly regarding the beast and the mark of the beast and, and the image of the beast being formed, these things are set in place like never before. Mm-hmm. Like never before. Absolutely. Hey, Justin, we have swiftly run out of time, but very insightful information there regarding what our future looks like. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. G'day, I'm Marius Jigal. Join us on Is It Relevant Today, where we discuss topics relevant to the time we're living in today. All of our shows also have corresponding YouTube presentations, so you can share them with your friends. I hope you have a magnificent day. For local airtimes of Is It Relevant Today, check the schedule at faithfm.com.au.